Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, hello, hello. I am your Piragua lady, hostess with the most, this Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth! In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good, show you how to. Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Hey there and welcome back folks Once again, I'm your hostess with the mostest Munoz And we are well into the lusty month of May It is National Mental Health Awareness Month, folks Hopefully you are out there you know, taking care of yourselves, taking care of others, checking in with others. Folks, you know what I've been doing recently that I really am loving that has, you know, just really kind of like put my mind in a really great place. So as you know, I keep talking about like going out running more. And so I have like a short run, a medium run and a long run. And no matter which run I do, once I get to the halfway point, I'll stop and I'll stop like the Strava app and whatnot, like the the counting. I know it's cheating, whatever. But I'll stop and like I'll take a meditation moment and like kind of set my intention for the rest of the day. And I know it kind of sounds a little hokey or a little oogie boogie or whatever, whatever you want, but it really works. It like really works. Like just what I want for the day, not even for the week, for life, for just... For the rest of the day. So if I'm feeling like anxious or something, I find that it like kind of dissipates that. If I'm feeling any sort of way, it just like really brightens my mood and has kind of like, you know, put my mind in a in a really good space. And, you know, as it's Mental Health Awareness Month here, I just, you know, I've I'm a little bit more focused on that. And I think that's a great thing. That's a great, great, great thing. And if you follow me on the Instagrams at the Kitchen Gaily, not the In Your Mouth Instagram, you, you can see me track my runs and all of that. And please slide into my DMs telling me how you're taking care of yourself this month, folks. Um, 
What else is there to tell you? Oh my God, I have been to the beach twice, folks. Twice, and it's not, it's just mid May. Talk about global warming of it all, but it's been beautiful. I went to Asbury Park and then I went to Sandy Hook, and it's been beautiful beach days and just all good times, good things for the mind. Good food. There is nothing like like a beach sandwich. By the way, I don't under I don't understand what about the hot mayonnaise of it all. That's delicious, but I love it. Fight me. I don't care. <laughs> but moving right along. Oh my god, I am so excited for today's guest, y'all. Um, it's it's been a long time coming. He is internet. Famous, right? Along with his partner. So please join me in your mouth, listeners, in welcoming the one, the only, John Azamosa. Say hi. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> how, are, how are you? Good, good, good. Good. That's great. I hear we have, uh, finally, we have an audience member in the in the house, too. I can hear. Right? <laughs> I am so happy to have you on the pod today. I can't thank you enough for giving me of your time. We are going to have a blast. In your mouth, listeners, you may already know John by his TikTok and Instagram alter ego, Papito, as he is half of the internet famous couple that share hysterical and very sweet moments of their relationship for the world to see. They may share a little bit more than um, hysterical and sweet moments I have discovered in my recent uh, internet divings, but I am here for all of it. What you may not know is that John is also a photographer and part of the family that owns Nieves Tia Mimi, a Mexican ice and dessert shop that has been bringing traditional flavors of Mexico to the New York community for about 20 years. Am I right? Yeah, yeah th- that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, welcome. And before we get anywhere in the grand tradition of In Your Mouth, I need to wish you happy National Devil's Food Cake Day. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Don't make me hungry. <laughs> Are you a big Devil's Food Cake person? No, I'm, I actually never tried it. You've uh, never tried Devil's Food Cake? Now, Devil's Food Cake is chocolate cake but what makes devil's food cake devil's food cake is what i want to know are you a big chocolate fan she's chocolate just hershey's chocolate just that all right well that's classic and traditional i heard allegedly that there's a lot of like wax in that i don't know if that's true or not but like like these chocolate companies have been using filler allegedly about it all. Um, I don't, I, I have no idea. But apparently, Devil's Food Cake is richer, darker, and fluffier thanks to the use of cocoa powder and a bit of extra baking soda. Who knew? Not me. Other, other favorite desserts? Favorite desserts? Anything to do with vanilla ice cream? Anything to do with vanilla, vanilla ice cream. Okay. Um, a favorite, like, are you like a Baskin Robbins vanilla ice cream, a Breyers vanilla ice cream, or are you like really like you know super fancy like vanilla ice cream? Haagen-Dazs vanilla. Oh, oh, Haagen-Dazs classic. Okay, classic vanilla ice cream. All right. Well, you know what? Whether you whether you're an ice cream lover or a chocolate cake lover, it's National Devil's Food Cake Day, and I mean. 
talk about mental health. Um, there's nothing I think better than a piece of cake, whether it be vanilla or chocolate or devil's food, to brighten my day. I don't know. I don't know if you'd agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's it's great. And moving right along to this day in gay history, John, did you know that in 1973, an officially sanctioned gay student dance at Princeton University draws 300 participants? Can you imagine 1973, 300 gay gay people at a dance party in Princeton? Have you ever been to Princeton, New Jersey? Where do you we live? We live in Islip, Long Island. Islip, Long Island. Yes. All right, Islip. Well, I spent time in college, not at Princeton, but in Princeton, New Jersey, and they don't have um, frat houses. They have these things called eating clubs, right? I guess it's like rich people frat houses. It's just the way they justify it. And in college, we used to sneak into them through the windows to go to the gay parties or to go to any party. (laughs) And I remember one time I found myself in the basement bartending at some college eating club, a.k.a. frat house party. I don't even know how that happened. I didn't even go to Princeton, but I sure as hell was bartending. But let's get to the getting on, because I want to know more about you. Talk to me about uh, Nieves Tiamimi and your family's, like, penchant for, like, Mexican ices. Where did this come this, from? This came from from my, my aunt, Tiamimi. Okay. She, um, she started around... 30 years old, she had two kids and she needed to support them. So she would come to to New York to teach my mom and help her make it by hand, you know? What is it exactly? Can you explain, like, what the difference between, like, an Italian ice is uh, as opposed to, like, Mexican ice? I personally think it's the natural fruit and we don't put so much um, food coloring. Okay, yeah, I I know nothing, so this this is an education for me here as well, you know. <laughs> and 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 it's made by hand, so it takes like an hour to make. Uh huh. That's a that's amazing. Is there a special process that happens, or yeah, you're gonna do it with in this big like wooden barrel, and then put yeah, and then obviously the mixture, and just just move it by your hand with your hand. Oh really? So uh, it's it's made by hand. That's that's really interesting because now now we're delving into a world that I absolutely know nothing about. I mean, I spent a summer making gelato, but I feel like it's not the same at all. It's made differently, and it, it has more preserve preservative. Oh, okay, yeah, that's amazing. So I want to know where like the love of food comes from. Did you did you grow up in a family that like? cooked a lot and like do you because uh, you have obviously a passion for this right because you're, you're part of the family business like you're helping run the family business like you told me um where where did this love of food begin I mean, to me it's all i know you know my parents have always made um home cooked meals you know there was never going out so and their food is always delicious they have the recipes from my grandparents so yeah that's amazing I mean, uh, did you grow up in Long Island? I grew up in, in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Sunset Park, Brooklyn. I grew up in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Where in Sunset Park? Um, I lived on 57. That's amazing. So I grew up on 55th and 8th. 55th and 8th. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so, so in your mouth, listeners, um, Brooklyn is a very special place. And Sunset Park specifically is uh, is an ever-changing and ever-evolving, and I don't know if you'd agree with me, John, an ever-changing, like, Latino community. 
right? I, I remember it being very like Dominican at one point and then very Mexican and then very Ecuadorian. I haven't been back in forever, right? But um, And now Sunset Park also houses what is like New York's new Chinatown. Yeah, 8th Avenue especially. Yeah. Growing up, I saw a lot of Puerto Ricans, um, a lot of Hispanics. Yeah, so Sunset Park is... A uh, is a really, really special place. And well, like I said, it houses now, uh, yes, a large Latin community still, and is New York's like new Chinatown, um, where I hear has some of the best Asian food in the city, to be honest with you. You have told me, or you prior to this, that, that your family had put you to work at an early age. What were you doing? Like at age eight, you were you were working? Yeah, I, I had to help. They didn't really, um, again, my aunt would come. She would teach them to make the ice cream and we would do it in the backyard. So there would be no kids to play with when, you know, they would be working. So they would be like, oh, you're sitting down playing with games? Come, we got to put you to work. That's, uh, well, that's amazing. And I think that's a testament to, I guess, um, you know, Latino families especially, but, you know, like working class families, because I remember I started working at age 15. And, you know, I remember my mother telling me, you want, because I really wanted contacts, you know? And so she was like, well, if you want contacts, you got to get a job, you know? And so there was always, there was always this sense of, of needing to help out and always like this work ethic, uh, you know, like just, instilled in us from an, from an early age you got to work to get what you want and there's no there's you know there's no like money to throw around mm-hmm. it's a good thing you say that because growing up i felt you know a little out of place because i didn't i didn't want to really work but then there was no kids to play with you know and then that was their inner feeling of being gay yeah so that was a mixture of you know what am i going to do but to help well yeah well that's um that's a really interesting uh, topic you just brought up. And, and thank you for the segue because now I don't have to do it. <laughs> but like growing up, especially in like that part of Brooklyn, right? Uh, and being gay, there wasn't very, you know, there there was no gay bars there at all. There's no like, I uh, I don't know how old you are. You look very young. But like back then when I was growing up, there was no like Grindr, Scruff, any of these apps or anything. So being gay really wasn't a thing I was exposed to. I don't know about you. I didn't know anything of that. So it was just work and I really felt, you know, growing up out of place. Out of place. And I think that's a really great way to put it because uh, I think also in... In many families, but maybe especially in Latino families, uh, gayness isn't something that is discussed. Like, there, you don't know anything about it. I knew nothing about it well until I got out of high school, you know? And it's just like, we don't know what it is. No one talks about it. It's not a topic of discussion. What was, what was like, coming out like for you? I mean, coming out was, was, was really hard. It wasn't easy until 25 years old. So I really had to wait a long time to, to really come to come out and i mean coming out especially in in families of like a latina nature can be hard just because of the religion of it all and the and you know the the stereotypes and like you know there's shame in, involved in it what like what was that process like first i feel like for me the misconception was i didn't want to be judged by like the movements or like when when we go back to talking about 
growing up gay, right? Yeah. It was this, growing up, I would see this, this gay, gay guy in a dress. And I knew I didn't, I didn't want to be that, you know? So I always thought that if you come out, that that's what you have to be, you know? So that's why I feel like I waited too long. Yeah, I mean, there's no... Uh, there's no, I mean, right time or like timeline in when for coming out. And so you bring up a really great point, actually, in the sense of like, we've had stories on this podcast, like where people came out really, really young and people have come out really late. And it's it's everyone's process and it's everyone's timeline. I I love this story about like you seeing somebody and and ideally just thinking, well, that's what gay means, you know, that's. That's that's all it has to be because no one's talking about it and like no one's no one has educated me on like you know being gay can be multiple multiple things you know and then when your parents are always talking about that person you know it kind of puts you in a in a bubble yeah well, yeah like then there's then there's all, it's multi layered it's multi layered and it's crazy and my favorite thing about you actually, is that um, I have discovered you and I've been following the both of you, actually, for quite some time. And it's hearing this story and going from this to sharing to sharing the love that you have online with hundreds of thousands of people, right, on the daily basis, right? You, you and your mans just all over the internet doing, doing the most. What started that? Well, um, my papi actually um, decided to push us towards um, wanting to be papi and papito. So it was just like, did that was that birthed from the pandemic, or uh, what? How did that happen? No, he's he's always been like that. He's always wanting to record and and capture our moments. You know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. There's an interesting dynamic, and, and, and I'm curious about it here, right? Because it's Papi and Papito, and it's almost like a little bit of, for lack of a better way to put it, uh, a little bit of gender roles, like, or a little bit of like a dom and submissive thing I get going here. Is that, is that the vibe in life, or is that just the vibe for, for, the, for the internets of it all? I think that's the vibe for the for the internet. Yeah, I mean, I love it. It's it's a, it's an incredible di- dynamic. And folks, you have to go out there and get uh, once you're done listening to the pod, obviously, because you don't want to shut me off. Because <laughs> you know, I love to hear myself speak. Um, go out and check out their Instagram because it's so much fun, um, and especially their TikTok is so much fun. Um, I want to get to more of the food of it all in a minute, right? Because um, I've been looking at the menu, right? You have, I think, three storefronts, if I'm, I'm not uh, yes. mistaken. Three. Yeah, three storefronts. I want to know more about it because there's a lot of interesting flavors being mixed and there's a lot of things just, um, you know, the Mexican heritage of it all that I really want to get into. But before we get there, before we get anywhere, I think now is a great time to break and take you to my favorite part of the pod and the audience's favorite part of the pod, a little something we like to call Food News Updates! Food News! Ooh, honey, you ain't ready, girl! Spill the tea! There's another chicken shortage in America, and you can thank Impotent Roosters for it. Woo. Woo. 
Are you cheering for for impotent roosters, roosters that can't get it up to impregnate chickens? Why not? (laughs) Someone needs to give these chickens, I guess, a Viagra because America is facing another shortage, right? And thank you to thetakeout.com for this. But apparently, Tyson decided to uh, restock their rooster. I guess this is a thing. I never knew this. Tyson Farms, the biggest producer of chicken in America, decided to, like, change the roosters that, you know, basically fuck the hens, (laughs) to put it. uh, And apparently they're not impregnating the chickens to create more chickens. Like, the roosters are are duds. Uh, Apparently last year, Tyson replaced its old roosters with new and improved birds that were supposed to make millions of better tasting babies. That's gross. (laughs) The roosters weren't the cocks of the walk that Tyson anticipating, producing fewer eggs with lower hatch rates than their predecessors. How how weird that this is a thing. I don't know, but I wouldn't I wouldn't want to try yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't I don't think we're here for impotent roosters nor impotent men at all. Nope. Um at all. And that's all I have to say about that. PBR and Entimins want you to try pairing hard coffee and donuts. I picked this one for you. I love donuts. You love donuts? Are you an Entimins fan? Do you remember Entimins growing up? No. No, I Ent- Entimins, you got at the grocery store. They came in the white box with the blue writing on them. Or you got them at like the bodega with like the, they came in like the little sleeve of like little chocolate donuts or the little white powder donuts. I was never really much of a um, donut kind of guy, younger. Yeah. But now growing up, I always have to have my coffee and like two donuts. Uh, Amazing. Well, apparently PBR and Entimins um, are now a classic combo. America's oldest bakery is Entimins and is teaming up with one of the country's oldest beer brands to encourage a modern spin. Basically, uh, PBR hard coffee. So it's alcoholic coffee with uh, Entimins rich frosted donuts. So how about that? How does that sound for your morning coffee and donuts? A little... Uh, liquor, coffee, and some Entenmann's donuts. It sounds great. Have you tried? No, I haven't tried. This is actually brand new. Pabst Blue Ribbon is over 175 years, uh, has over 175 years of brewing experience, and Entenmann's is 125 years in the baking business. And so they've created this hard coffee and donuts box um, as a partnership just to celebrate, I guess. And you can get this box uh, for $36, and it contains a custom Pabst and Entenmann's like T-shirt, a tote bag, um, some donuts, but you only, but you have to go out and buy your own booze because apparently it's illegal to ship booze places. I'm intrigued. So yeah, I mean, I think I'd, I'd have some hard coffee. I mean, after all the drinking I did last night, maybe I don't need any more booze. But <laughs> I'm definitely here for it. And last but not least, did you know that restaurants are shutting down for cicada season? For cicada season? Cicada season. All the bugs are coming back, the cicadas. So every 17 years, like the cicadas come out from the ground and um, this is one of those years that, like, America is going to be infiltrated by these bugs that come up to mate. And so there's a restaurant in uh, 
in Washington, D.C., that's allegedly so terrified that they have shut down for the entire month because of the cicadas. And have they heard of, of cases? Of cases of, well, they're, they're apparently starting to come up from the ground now. Cicadas are those, uh, are those bugs that make that, that weird, like, spinning noise. It kind of, um, it's really hard to describe, but apparently, like, when they're all out and if they're all making this noise, it can be uh, louder than a lawnmower. Really? So, yeah, so apparently... I definitely see one is around here. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll get... Um, I think it's in specific parts of America that this is happening, and apparently uh, D.C. is one of them, and it's, uh, they're shutting down because it's all outdoor dining now, and so nobody's going to be able to hear each other due to all the cicadas, and they don't want, like, cicadas in people's food, and they don't want the bugs all around and it's terrible news. nobody wants to shut down their their business you know there's apparently a little controversy though because they're like is it re- are they really shutting down because of the cicadas or are they just shutting down so they can like renovate the restaurant and just using the cicadas as an excuse whatever it is you know, shout out to you little pearl out in washington dc um, I am not looking forward to cicada season for one. And with that, I think that's a perfect way to end food news update. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Uh, just just bugs, bugs, beer, and, and chicken this, uh, this week on food news update. I mean... Nothing ever surprises me anymore in this world, especially in the world of food news. There's some of the most ridiculous things. But let's get back. Let's get back to the food and like the the interesting things. Apparently, you're very, very popular on like the Seamless and the Yelp I've seen. Like you got great reviews. Talk to me about like these new flavors and these interesting flavors. I'm seeing um I'm seeing things like chamoyas, which I don't know what it is, right? Or cha- chamoyadas yeah. and mango enadas and sandia loca. And I, I, I love it all. I love it all. I feel like I want it all. I just don't know what it is. You have to come and try. Can you explain to the audience like what a, what a chamoyada is? Yes. Well, well first to, to what you were saying about the flavors. The customer's number one is always man- spicy mango. Okay. That's number one. You can sell out within like two hours. That's how popular it is. Popular it is. Spicy mango. Now, what makes the mango spicy? Is it like the women on the corner who do like the tagine and or not tagine? Is that is that it? Yeah, tagine. Mm-hmm. Tagine, right? Is it that or is it something else that makes it spicy? No, th- that makes it spicy. But um, my parents, um, they infuse it with, with chile imported from Mexico. Okay. A little bit more, um, more produced from their side of Mexico. Awesome. So then and they make the mango, mango icy and then they put the chili powder. And what, um, may I ask what side of Mexico it is? Uh, Puebla. Oh, Puebla. yeah, of course, of course. Um, a co-worker of mine is from Puebla. How, how wonderful. Now, what makes, uh, is it just that like the chilies grown in Puebla are different than chilies grown elsewhere? I, I wouldn't want to give the wrong answer to, to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, I'm just, I'm just super curious because once again, like, I, I am getting a full education here. So first and foremost, it's spicy mango. You said continue. What, what else is there? 
Well, it started from mango, and then people would just come and ask for tamarind with spice, pineapple with spice, lime with spice. So now we have re the regular flavors and the infused with spicy. That's uh, that's incredible. Are they really served in these like half uh, half watermelons and pineapples and things? Mm -hmm. People people want to have the fruit, the natural fruit, and then just ice cream too. I mean, and and what um what a perfect time, especially I was just talking about being at the beach, right? This would have been perfect to like have with me. Not that I could have driven it, but you know, you made me crave that sandwich. Uh, what is it? Can we talk about it for <laughs> for a second? What is it about like a hot sandwich on the beach? Like a gross like mayonnaisey? It's been you've been out on the beach and it's just like this like hot sandwich that should be gross but it's delicious it's very delicious i always like bringing um like three sandwiches to the beach and just lay down and just eat them right it's uh do you have a favorite kind of sandwich just ham and ham and cheese sandwich yeah simple what is it now we were talking about this last week actually what is it about and do you find this to be true what it is what is it about somebody else making you a sandwich that makes it a hundred times better than if you made yourself a sandwich. I feel like it's, it, it's, they have to make it with love. Yeah. I mean, love. I don't know. I don't know if there's a real answer to it, but like, I'm just curious about what other people, what other people think, you know what I mean? Um, Cause anytime anybody else makes me a sandwich, it's always like 5 million times better than if I made one myself, you know? <laughs> I like to think like when when I'm gonna make you a sandwich, I like to you know make it nice with love, and you know hopefully you'll you'll taste the love. Yeah, for sure. Where does the inspiration come for like these flavors? Because obviously these aren't these aren't flavors that you can just walk into any other shop and find. Where does where does like the inspiration come from? Again, this goes back to my aunt Tia Mimi, when she would make the the ice cream. She would only, I mean, she only had the time to make two flavors. It would be the lime and the cantaloupe. Okay. Those were the most popular for like 10 years. And it was getting to a point where people would say, okay, time to bring new flavors, you know? Yeah. Um, what other flavors are there then? Um, so far we have 20. It ranges from um, coconut, pineapple, watermelon, Amazing. Are, are these agua frescas I'm seeing as well on this website? Yeah, we have de limon, melon, tamarindo. I love, I love. I'm, I'm completely obsessed with all of it. And I'm sad that there's not one near, near me so I can, so I can go. I'm going to have to make a, a special trip out. Yes, you have to come, please. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know what? And I've given up dieting for the summer. It's just going to be... COVID weight, uh, a COVID weight dad bod summer for me, and I'm absolutely okay with it. Trust me, this is not going to break your diet. <laughs> and do you, um, just so you know, there's a location on 55th Street. Just recently we opened the third one there. 55th and what? Uh, Fifth, Fifth Avenue. Oh, look at that. There's one right by me. Yes, I may, uh, I may have to run over as soon as we hang up, yeah. you know, while I'm, while I'm on my, you know, my meditation run for, you know, National Mental Health Awareness Month, yeah. you know, um, it's very important. And if if you allow me, I would want to be able to help <clears throat> with um, the whole men mental, um, 
Mental Health Awareness Month, be able to um, do something for that. Well, um, I mean, it is Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, I'm, there are a bunch of organizations doing a ton of things out there. I haven't done that research. Uh, forgive me, any of listeners. She's a busy gal. Um, but there's a ton of people doing things out there for Mental Health Awareness Month that I've seen. There's a bunch of Instagram stuff happening. There are, if you need a lifeline, um, and it's very important to say, there's a National Suicide Hotline. There's all sorts of other help hotlines. Um, There's the trans hotline. Um, A lot of cities now, a lot of major cities have LGBTQ centers that um, have a lot of resources out there for you. If you need the help, it is out there and findable. You just have to reach out for sure. So, um, you know, and it's important, I think, and I hopefully you would agree with me, John, that like, you know what, it's important to go beyond the check-in with your friends and family not just like a hey how are you but like oh how have you been doing like you've been alone a lot you know and i think that's important right like we we have to take care of each other now more than ever yes i feel i feel like i i always have to be checked on i don't always like i'm one of those persons that doesn't like to be alone yeah just the mind sometimes goes different places and you know yeah when you know it could get serious then you need that one friend that can always, you know, call you and hang well, out. Well, and and luckily you have Poppy there to, who's got your back, right? Uh, and and it's beautiful in your in your mouth, listeners. Poppy's been like the the Poppy manager behind the scenes here. It's um it's a very beautiful thing to see, and you know what? He's amazing. Uh, and uh, the the love the love that they share certainly comes through the computer screen and and the screen of the phone. I can't thank you enough for being here, coming to chat with me, coming to laugh with me a little, taking a moment out of your day for a little kiki, you know? Um, tell the people where they can find you. Tell the people where they can find, you know, uh, Tia Mimi's uh, and all of it. Okay. Well, first, thank you for having me. For having me. Thank you for taking the time to, you know, of- add... Of course, this is. Listen, I always say this. It is my pleasure to talk to all all gay people in food. I am creating a village. I'm catching everyone in my net. You know, no one is bigger or better than anyone in my village. It is. We are a family of you know LGBTQ people, and I think it's important for people to see out there. You know, us shining. Not only not only LGBTQ people in food, but LGBTQ people of color in food, you know, because that's not something we ever see, right? This is, this is why this has always started. You are a beautiful Mexican male, right? Putting your beautiful relationship out there, right? Doing amazing things, being part of a family business that is homegrown for over 20 years that are with recipes that go back over 40 years. I mean, that's beautiful. That's that's incredible. Somebody needs to hear that story. We needed to. I needed to hear that story. Thank you. Thank you. And just to congratulate you, because um, as a 15 year old boy going back, I would I wouldn't think I would see somebody like you doing a podcast and helping out, you know, the LGBT. Well, you know, it's. So, thank you. And that and that's, I mean, we're just going to be thanking back and forth now for about two hours. <laughs> but it's... Now that you got me talking. Yeah, I mean, but it's important. And listen, um, it's, it's... 
Our stories matter. Our stories matter. And this is, I always say, this is, we're accessible. Like, we're not, we're not the Beyonce's. We're not the Billy Porter's. We're not the RuPaul's. We're, it's almost a little unrealistic. Like, we're, it's unattainable. You know, like they're almost untouchable as opposed to someone like you, right? And the audience out there can be like, oh, well, that sounds interesting. I've never had a spicy mango, um, you know, ice, Mexican ice. And oh, I live in Hell's Kitchen, which is close to this 55th uh, location. Why not try that? Or, oh, I'm listening to this podcast and I just passed by this place, right? In Queens. Oh my God, it's right there. Like... Why not try it? Like, and, you know, opening people's eyes, not only to different experiences, but like different stories and different coming up and different, different aspects of, of being part of the LGBT community and having this experience and, and shining bright. So it's important all around. So thank you. Yes, of course. Let the people know where they can find you. Okay, so my personal Instagram is John Asimosa, and my Nieves is um, Nieves Tiamimi. Nieves Tiamimi. Uh, no, social, social media. Yes, yes, yes. Um, amazing, 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 amazing. Oh my God, and if you want to follow Papi and Papito on TikTok and Instagram, you got to give the kids that one too. Yes. Only one Felix and John Asimosa. Yes, do that, do that. Thank you. Oh my God, big thanks to John Asimosa one more time. Go out there, support the kids, you know, follow him. If you're in the neighborhood, right, if you're in Queens, Brooklyn, or in Midtown Manhattan, there are three locations. Go out, support the people, try something new. Um, You know what? And get out there. Like, what's better in all these hot days that we're having than some, you know, beautiful Mexican ice? Or it could be a lovely mental health moment. You know, get the dopamine in, and those good, like, synapses flaring in the brain. You know, set good intentions for the day. And that's what I'm just going to leave you with, folks. Folks, take care of each other, set great intentions, and thank you for listening to In Yo Mouth!